Welcome to this week's Leader's Guide for the Winter Quarter of Life Groups. This resource is provided to help you prepare and effectively lead your group. For your convenience, you can also download a written version of this guide under Leader Tools at northcoastchurch.com groups. So let's join Pastor Dave Enns now as he introduces this week's material. Greetings, Life Group leaders, and welcome to week number seven of Life Group. So what is the plan this week? First of all, continue to build relationships. Make sure you're getting time to pray together. Divide up into men-only, women-only type things or smaller groups to mix it up. But also, here's the big thing this week is begin to talk about the spring quarter and serve your city. You go, wait a minute, Dave, what do you mean to talk about spring quarter? This is the seventh week. That means there are just two more meetings left in your quarter. So you want to begin to start talking, hey, any change of plans? What is everyone thinking in your group? And if you find that out this week, let us know right away when you submit your attendance. Because we need to know how many openings we have for the spring quarter. And we have many, many new people coming to North Coast. And they're hearing about groups and they want to get in them. So make sure you let us know about that. And then, of course, also, if you've got any potential leaders or hosts that you think would be worth us beginning to talk to about an option for that, please let us know on that. And please be praying about that for us. We know you're like, wait, that's a great person. I don't want them to leave our group. And we will never pull anybody out of your group. But also know this, that the Holy Spirit's working and wants to raise up new leaders and hosts because it's called discipleship in the Great Commission. And we don't and I know you don't want to get in the way of that. But also know this is that it's all part of reaching and growing people for Jesus. So please be checking that out. And the second thing is serve your city. You have should have gotten an email from Connor this last week with a great little video on there beginning to promote uh, serve your city. And again, that is a three-week theme. It's going to start April 15th through 29th and the different focuses on giving, serving, and loving. But the big event in the midst of that is our Serve Day weekend, April 28th and 29th. We don't offer any services on the week on any of the campuses that weekend because we're doing all of our service outside of the church. It's an awesome event. Um, there's going to be all kinds of options, ways that you can sign up your group as a whole or people can sign up as individuals. And here's the scoop. Starting March 5th and 6th, that weekend, there'll be signups on all the campuses and online. In fact, leaders, you will most likely be able to sign up your group prior to that weekend. Here's the deal. The earlier you sign up, the more options you're going to have. And we need you to move in that direction because this is such a major event throughout San Diego and beyond. Yes, that's beyond. Those of you that are around nationally, those of you in Temecula getting ready to launch that new campus, um, it's exciting stuff. And we have found this will be, I don't know how many is this is. I think it's maybe close to our 10th one. We have found the impact of this and what you how you serve each week throughout the year. And then this one is like a culmination of that. And so just a great, great thing that's going on. And again, watch your email for more information coming on that. You will be getting that 
almost weekly for the next couple weeks. And once you, we'll do the best we can to keep you informed also in the leader's guide, but be watching for that. So that is what's going on. And again, we've got uh, life group, community gathering, mid-quarter trainings coming up on various campuses. Be paying attention to that. And thanks so much for doing your attendance each week. That really helps us clue in too of kind of, especially as we're getting ready for this next quarter of what's going on in your groups. Well, leaders, thanks again. And I'm now going to turn it over to Amber Hofflin. And Amber is going to take you through this week's Homework Helps. Here's Amber. Thanks, Dave. Hey, leaders and hosts, excited to be with you this week, diving into a message from TJ McDaniel. Uh, Let's get started. First, we have that quick review question. As always, looking back on your notes, did anything stand out to you, catch your attention, challenge or confuse you? And then we have my story number one. This weekend, we heard about a water that satisfies. What's the most satisfying meal you've ever had? What made it satisfying? Location, food, who you were with? Have fun with this. This is meant to be a light icebreaker and kind of touching on that topic of satisfaction, which is going to be a big one in the homework this week. And my story number two, the woman at the well was in need of water, but instead of giving her what she came for, Jesus gave her the only thing that truly satisfies. Have you ever had a need met in a way that was unexpected or different than what you asked for? So the woman at the well clearly asks for one thing and Jesus answers her with something else. Another way to look at this, have you ever prayed and asked Jesus for something and he gave you something else instead? Everyone may not have an answer for this, but I think answers that are shared could be really cool. And then moving into our digging deeper section, this week we're going to focus on just two passages, but they're very related. They're both talking about a shepherd. And so we're kind of looking at them at the same time. And there's only one real section of digging deeper this week. Um, But I think there's a lot of meat on the bone there. There's lots for you to discuss. So this weekend, we heard about the living water Jesus offers to the Samaritan woman at the well and everyone who believes in him, and about how this living water satisfies. Another prime example of the satisfaction believers experience and the kindness God extends to his children is the image of Jesus as the good shepherd. This week, we're going to explore two passages that paint this picture. Read John 10, 7-16 and Psalm 23 and write down what you notice about the kindness of our shepherd and the freedom his sheep experience. So John 10, 7 through 16 is the parable where Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And then Psalm 23 is, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And that's a pretty familiar song. You might know it. Additional question. Though these passages don't directly talk about freedom, they paint a vivid picture of what a sheep experiences when cared for by a good shepherd, and we get the sense there's freedom in that. What are some other words that come to mind that the sheep, or we, get to experience when we trust the shepherd to care for us? Then the next question in the homework, as you think about the shepherd and the sheep in these passages, is there anything that stands out to you when it comes to your relationship with God? Is there anything that's hard for you to understand or see in how you relate to him? So depending on how people answered the previous part where they were going through the verses and writing down what they noticed, they could have done it in a list. They could be looking at what they wrote down. They could be going back to um, just what the verses say. So for example, an answer for this could be, it's hard for me to feel like I know God's voice. That's from the verses. Or I've seen God refresh my soul. Additional questions you could ask here. Is it easy or hard for you to see God as a good shepherd? 
As you look at the role of the sheep in the passages, is it easier or hard for you to take the role of the sheep and be led by God? The next question in the homework, can you think of a time, place, or area of your life where you have seen or experienced the freedom of relying on Jesus or trusting him to quench your thirst? What did that freedom look like? What was the difference between trying to quench your own thirst and relying on Jesus? So everyone may not have an answer for this, but it could be an awesome opportunity to learn and hear testimony from those who do. I think it's powerful when we sit in a group and we listen to other people share their story. So you can especially focus in on that last part. Uh, What is the difference between relying on Jesus and trying to quench your own thirst or meet your own needs on your own? and kind of wrestle with that topic. What does that look like? Additional questions you could ask. In the story of the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus makes a claim to quench the thirst of anyone who drinks his living water. We see a similar theme in these passages of a shepherd taking care of his sheep. What are some things you thirst for or hope for in life? Are there any ways you try to fill your needs or quench your thirst without relying on the good shepherd? Another question, is there an area of your life where you feel like you've not experienced a quenching of thirst or the freedom of a sheep being cared for by the good shepherd? What would be different in your life or in this area if you were living in freedom? Additional question, what does it mean to be free when relying on Jesus? The next question in the homework, what are some things that keep us from claiming the freedom or satisfaction Jesus wants us to have in him? For example, are there things we resist or avoid doing? Are there lies we believe? Are there patterns we have a hard time breaking? So this is not meant for everyone to have an answer to all three of these questions. The questions are just there to kind of get our minds thinking about what might hold us back from the freedom that TJ talked about this weekend. Then the last question of the Digging Deeper section, TJ reminded us this weekend that Jesus alone satisfies. Even so, we all have areas of our lives where it is a challenge to feel this way. What are some of the areas or situations in your life where you struggle to feel satisfied by Jesus? Is there a good reminder to hold on to when you run into those times? How might we find satisfaction in Jesus when it's harder to find? I think there's a lot to talk about here about what does satisfaction mean? Is it possible to be satisfied in Jesus and still be unhappy? Um, That kind of also goes into what is contentment? What is satisfaction? What's the difference between satisfaction and uh, happiness? Um, So lots to talk about there about what does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus alone satisfies? Is that an easy thing for you to feel or is it harder to feel? Um, the answers to these questions, especially of like, is there an area of your life where you struggle to feel satisfied by Jesus? Those could lead really well into your prayer requests. And that could be the thing that you pray for, for people this week. Uh, additional verses. Uh, there's a set of verses from some different chapters in Ecclesiastes that are kind of talking about how nothing else satisfies. Everything of this world is meaningless. Um, and kind of point toward that that idea too. What are the things that don't satisfy us uh, the way that Jesus can? And then lastly, you're taking it home question. What's one thing from this week's discussion or sermon that's important for you to remember? And that's what I have for you leaders. It's a little shorter in terms of we're kind of only tackling one topic, but there's a lot of different uh, areas that you could explore within that topic. So I hope that you still have a really robust and fruitful conversation and discussion with your group. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time.